Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hello, this is Shayna. And this is Bryce. And this is Charmed, a Spellcast. with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed so we're doing another episode yes we are doing another episode today we are recording two episodes in a row Mm -hmm. so buckle up folks i mean you don't have to because it will come to you at your regularly (laughs) scheduled interview so bryce me buckle up folks (laughs) for one wild and crazy ride yes and then if you are listening to this in your car say on your commute you should still be buckled Buckle up, yeah. folks. Click it or get the ticket. Click it or ticket. Click it or ticket. Um, belt it or smelt it. <laughs> um, punch it or bunch it. Punch it in the holder. Punch the brakes. Punch the brakes. But Check. gently. Yeah. Rolling stop. Mm-hmm. And then full stop. Mm-hmm. Check all your mirrors. Let's Before move on. you proceed. Okay. We checked our mirrors. Yes. So do we have any manner keeping? We do. Oh my god, we do. I am graduated. Bryce Wong. Yes. Master of Public Health. Indeed. That's I. Um, so what? <laughs> uh, nothing. I think that is extraordinary. Thank you. Yeah. So by the time you've listened to this, I will have gone through my commencement ceremonies. I will have been conferred my degree for the master in public health with a certificate in applied biostats and i will have moved out of my university housing and i will hopefully also have started a new job you just said so many impressive things thank you oh gosh i'm failing no okay i'll stop (laughs) and i I, lest anyone think otherwise it wasn't for this all came together it feels like in the nick of time or through a lot of adversity, I feel like the past three months have felt so unstable and so uncertain. And I had a lot of like doubts and worries um, and it is working out now, but it, I will not say that it was, it felt like it was always going to work out. Yeah. I thought it was always going to work <laughs> out because I have the utmost faith in you, but I completely understand the period of instability. Um, I think there will be many more of those in our lifetimes. And I would also like to say that despite my instinct, I did not go to any of Bryce's job interviews and yell at them (laughs) and say, why aren't you hiring her? Why? So because of my abstention, she's going to have a job. (laughs) Solely based on that criteria. Exactly. I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you so, so much. I feel quite relieved, quite excited. I know you don't have a doctorate. I know you have a master's, but I still want to call you Dr. Wong. (laughs) Is that weird? No, I don't think it's weird. That's what my mom wish she could call me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to call you that. Oh. Dr. Wong, everybody. Oh, thanks. Um... I also want to say that I believe you have some manner keeping. 
you have just closed out the last of your final assignments for your first year of grad school. Oh, God, I did. Yes, I'm done with my first year of grad school. I only have one semester left. I'm on my way to also having a master's and not a doctorate. Someday I shall be Dr. Warner. Someday she shall be. Someday. And when somebody asks, is there a doctor on the plane <laughs> or whatever, I'll say no, <laughs> because I won't be able to do what they want me to do. <laughs> Unless you really need help remembering all the different genres of television. Yes, there's only one. Television, and then the other one is streaming. <laughs> and in that case, if that is your need, then let her be of assistance. Yeah, please let me be of assistance. I desperately want to be of assistance. In fact, it's killing me that I'm not of more assistance. It's all right. Um, yeah, that's, that's my manner keeping. Um, the other manner keeping that's going on is that we live in a trash, fire, garbage country. Uh, but that's not new. <laughs> it has been this way for a very long time. And um, there have been several things going on that, in, in which specifically white men and white women have been trying to take away the rights of bodily autonomy and sovereignty of people with uteruses. Yep. Um, of course, this is in addition to also trying to continue to take away power from those who are already on the margins of lawmaking. So it's just one thing stacked on top of another. And in this house, I would like to say that I am scared a lot of the time. Um, and something that gives me hope is that people like Bryce and people like a good number of the friends I've met here in New York, are continuing to do really great work, continuing to pursue their dreams and things that will give them more power, and I have faith in that. And also in doing my part, I hope. But that's just something I wanted to say. Yeah, that's, no, that's a really important conversation. I'm glad you talked about it. and Like, let it go out into the air so that everyone knows that this is on our minds. I recently had a conversation actually with someone in the physical therapy school and they're trying to do a residency in women's health, which is such a specific uh, specialization of physical therapy. There's just not much focus on it. And they were talking about how they just entered a study for like a thousand dollars. They're going to get paid a thousand dollars to um, it's like a long term study where they have a new IUD and they just like get followed up over time for like three years. And they were talking about how worried they were as well about these recent atta recent attacks on Roe v. Wade and like the worries about all these new abortion laws taking place in different states and they this is not like advice that I'm giving you listener and saying like you should follow as certain medical medically sound information but if you're concerned about like your ability to access birth control in the future or remain in care I would consider talking to like service providers maybe think about getting an IUD so that if you don't have access to um insurance for pills anymore you have that at least in place for five years or so just try to think about your health T talk to like your healthcare provider and ask what do i need to do now so that i'm set and ready to go for the next couple of years that is a very difficult conversation to be having indeed um i'm upset that we do have to have it yeah. and that it has crossed my mind so often in the past few years actually um and another thing i would say is that abortion is still legal mm. 
in all 50 states. So if somebody is trying to talk you out of making a decision about your body based on the fact that bans are being surfaced and voted on, know that it is still legal and that a really trustworthy news source is the Planned Parenthood website. Yes. Um, they'll also have information on how you can volunteer, where you can put your labor, and where you can put your money if you are able or inclined. Yeah, a great addition to this conversation. Uh, moving in a different, to- like a different direction, if that's okay. Absolutely, I've, but yes, important to let our listeners know yes. that's on our minds. Yes, and that this is something that we are aware of is affecting us greatly at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to our main entree, I would like to add one more piece of manner keeping uh, news. This month is APAHM, which is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. And as an Asian Pacific American, well, just Asian American, I would like to say that I am celebrating with gusto, and I'm very happy that it is again this time of the year. Yeah, Bryce brought confetti. (laughs) Yes, my mind confetti. Exactly. And I asked her what the confetti was for, and she said she was celebrating herself, and I think that's beautiful. (laughs) You should celebrate you all the time and your heritage. And you as well. Thank you. I'm not a part of this month, but I would love to celebrate everyone who is. I just threw confetti in my mind. (laughs) I think that celebrating you as a person and all the different communities that you're a part of is something that I do every day. Ah, it's almost June. Ah, that's true. It's almost Pride. It's true. Finally, I can be proud of who I am. Only one month, though. One month a year. <laughs> this year. Uh, one, July, this June, this year. I did really like the progression of things, actually, mm. this year. Um, the kind of, like, words that I've been able to use and learn to celebrate my favorite topic myself. Because <laughs> um, we moved from Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Um, into gay. <laughs> and next month is Pride. Yeah. Great, three great months in three 20 by teen. Great months in 20 by teen. More confetti. <laughs> this time, it's rainbow. Oh. Um, yes. So anyway. Yes. Some, just, just some good things to think about. Some, some better things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some better things to let us know that uh, we're all complex beings and we can be happy even in times of great stress. There are things to celebrate. There are things to celebrate. Stress. Yeah. There are things to celebrate. But also, if you don't feel like celebrating, that makes complete sense. Yeah. So, you do you, my bud. Yeah. There are plenty of things to complain about if you so choose to do that. Yeah. And I will keep fetching for the rest of my life. <laughs> wow. We fetching and quelling all in the same episode. <laughs> I didn't even realize you used the second one. When was that? I said I was quelling over you. Oh, I um, missed it. Which I shall continue to do. Yiddish words of the day. I've been watching a lot of Key and Peele clips on YouTube recently, and they did this one where they were uh, inspiration, motivational dancers at bar mitzvahs. <laughs> and they were also just like dropping a lot of different Yiddish words, like uh, describing their work. It was very funny. So good. Yeah, they're good. Would recommend. Okay. So now that we have done some manner keeping, yes, a little bit, mm-hmm. let us move into Charmed, season one, episode fifteen. Is there a woogie in the house? Yes, and you really like this episode. I love this episode. I love this episode. There are so many fun tropes. Oh my god! 
So many good wardrobe choices. Oh, yes. I agree. Oh, uh, so many Dutch angles. I definitely want to give you enough time to talk about the important stuff. So let's just like start right now and get yes, through all the... Let's dive right in. Yes. Get so, through all the details. This episode was directed by John T. Kretschmer. It was written by Chris Levinson and Zach Estrin, and it aired February, t- February 24th, 1999. Ooh. So we open, uh, it's the Phantom of the Opera. The chandelier, it does a little shaky shake. Uh, everything is blinking out of order um, as much as it can at mm-hmm. the manor because many things are manual um, because it's an aftershock of an earthquake. Yes. San Francisco. Um, so, yes. So, the sisters are dealing with the aftershocks and Phoebe was very scared of the initial earthquake apparently because... According to Prue, she ran through the house naked, screaming, <laughs> run for your life. Tag yourself. I'm Phoebe. Yes. Uh, another favorite line in this scene, um, Prue mentions that perhaps Phoebe has the Phoebe Jeebies. The Phoebe Jeebies. <laughs> I love it. There's a lot with Phoebe's name, actually. Like uh, when the Woogie Man says that the shadow says, Phoebe. It sounds like feed me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. It totally does. I think more than ever in this episode, I thought to myself, what an odd choice of a name for this woman. Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a name that gives a very distinct feeling of somebody's personality. Yes. Yeah. I know two Phoebes. Oh. I love them both. Oh, that's awesome. Shout out Phoebe and Phoebe. <laughs> Fabs and Phoebes. They, oh. they like being called. That's cute. Um, All right. But, yeah, so, but yes. Post earthquake, they're uh, resetting everything. They are, and they're concerned for two reasons. One, yes. there's a Buckland dinner party happening that Prue has to host. A dinner party. A dinner party. Might there say. be some murder at this dinner party? Uh, we better hide all the uh, candlesticks in the libraries. Yes. Don't give them any clues to where <laughs> they can find the murderer. And we're only serving hot dogs with mustard. And I'm going to wear green is something green in this i don't know i don't know okay anyway. okay it's getting away from tim us. curry yes <laughs> um, um yeah so first reason is that there's a dinner party and they're all scrambling a bit and the second reason is that it feels like there might be a gas leak there's a smell in the air it's not good it's not good the pipes um, the pipes they might burst so they call a handyman yes the gas man as they refer to him later on in the episode um, and they're telling him, okay, so there's, there's a issue that we think we get. there's gas. And he's like, point me to the basement. And then they point him to the basement. And then they start teasing Phoebe mercilessly because of her fear of the basement. Yeah. Oh, Phoebe's trauma is so understandable. Oh, I would, yeah. I would be scared to go into any dark place in oh, the house. Oh, definitely. But especially a basement. So hers comes from a childhood trauma in which she saw a being, an evil being, in the basement. And her grandmother had to go deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her sisters don't believe that this evil being exists. And they make fun of her because she also called it the Woogie Man. Because she didn't have Instead her, of the Boogie Man. Yeah, she didn't yeah. have her teeth. And I understand. Um, and I, okay, again, I ask this again. Why doesn't Prue believe something like mystical or bad could have it? She's done this in several episodes mm-hmm. where she's been like, that's silly. Mm-hmm. it's just in your mind. And it's like, Prue, you've dealt with so many of these things already. Why, especially in your own house, mm-hmm. a magic house, first of all, why are you hosting a dinner party 
a professional dinner party in your magic house. Anyway, I think that's a great setup for any sitcom. <laughs> it is. And honestly, even though there's like some horror going on in this episode, it was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it was. <laughs> but yeah, Prue just doesn't believe doesn't believe her. Um, yeah. So yes. So Handyman goes down and it's a classic crack in the floor monster. Oh my god. This actually kind of reminded me of that uh, Doctor Who season <gasps> where it was all about the crack in the universe. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. In the in the yeah, wall. Yeah. yeah. What what was the name of that big old box? Pandora's? No. Pandorica. Pandorica. It was a Pandorica. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah, half yeah. expected like the Pandorica to yeah. come out. Oh man. There is something scary about cracks where there shouldn't be cracks. Yeah. Like the San Andreas Fault. <laughs> oh, yes. The entirety of California is going to fall into the goddamn ocean. Hmm. And we'll follow them just right behind them, as in New York City. And the Woogie Man will get us. Mm hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Unless, anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, he's on his hands and knees, uh, peering at this handyman. Handyman is on his hands oh, and knees. Yes. The, handy, the handyman is. Yes, man. Yes. The handy kneesy man is. <laughs> All right, so he's <laughs> the handsome Neasy man. <laughs> um, so he's on the floor trying to inspect this crack, and um, he like takes out a thing, screwdriver, screwdriver, something, some kind hammer. of you know, some hand man, handyman tool. That butch. <laughs> and he just uh, shoves it into the crack, <laughs> starts shaking it around. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nonsensical of like how he widened the crack yeah. or whatever. But I think we're just supposed to believe that it's the earthquake that did this. Yeah. Um, and he just happens to be down there. Yeah. And so a smoky, smoky shadow with a deep, deep voice yeah. rises up from the crack and says, you are going to help me take back the house. And immediately I was like, yes, the Democrats are going to take back the house. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. And we can see here that natural gas is the true villain. Natural fracking. fracking. Fracking is the true villain. Oh, this is an environmental tale. Quite a politically charged episode. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so we're back up in the kitchen. And um, they're still discussing uh, dinner party things and, and et cetera. And uh, it comes to pass that Phoebe is still talking about the basement. And... Um, she she mentions that she doesn't think that she has a dark side, mm -hmm. which, which will be relevant later. Which will be relevant later, but also totally makes sense because throughout this season, Phoebe has been the only one to not have any real compunctions about being a witch. Yes, and she's also such an open person; like she can't keep secrets. Mm -hmm. She like doesn't care about how people perceive her or how she, you know, she just lets herself be who she is. Yeah, and so we haven't seen like an evil side yet. Are we about to? <laughs> Dear listener, we are. Um, yes, so Prue and uh, and Piper have to rush off. Mm -hmm. And um, they are leaving Phoebe to deal with the gas man. Yes. And so she's at the top of the stairs and she yells down to the basement, Okay, well, I'll be here if you need anything. And the gas man, meanwhile, has been talking to the shadow and says, Well, which one of them do you want me mm -hmm. to get exactly? And his shadow, which is, you know, supposed to represent the Woogie Man. Oh, yeah. He's been possessed. We he's, forgot oh, to mention. Oh, yes. Excuse me. He's been possessed. <laughs> um, and the shadow, which indicates that he has been possessed, it turns 
and points at Phoebe. Yeah. And it says Phoebe. And I thought it was like, oh, how very Hitchcock. Yeah. The whole, the, the, like the shadow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that was probably some of the scariest imagery, actually. Like the handyman walking towards the stairs and there's like the silhouette uh, against the wall. And then he turns to the silhouette and the silhouette stays where it is. Like that was too much. Oh. Some evil Peter Pan bullshit That's is it. what that exactly. is. Whew. Credits. Credits. Spooky. Spooktown Tacular. Uh, all right, so when we come back from after the credits, we are at Buckland now because Prue is hard at work um, thinking about who to, how to arrange this dinner party stuff. Yeah, and Buckland is not earthquake-proofed, people. Yeah, I think it was like, I feel like I could have seen the uh, writing of that script in my mind's eye. They were like, uh, Prue walks to the desk, picks up two figurines that have been toppled over, adjusts them. Walks to the floor, <laughs> picks up pieces of paper. In my head, I'm just like, that's not how earthquakes work. <laughs> like, I don't think these special figurines that you just are. First of all, I don't think that's how auction houses work. You just have these like really important figurines just hanging out on your desk, unprotected, unsupervised. Pieces of paper that are in the middle of the floor for no reason. I don't know. The frames are all sideways. Oh, yeah. Well, that one I can see. Yeah. That's the only one, though. Yeah. As a real Californian. <laughs> False. Um, yes, so Claire, who we remember as Prue's new boss lady, mm-hmm. um, whom I've deemed the pantsuit lesbian, um, <laughs> she walks in and she's like, Prue, are you ready? Because we got to impress these people who have taken an interest in your house and this professor lady is going to come and she's also bringing a plus one. And the professor lady walks in from UC Berkeley. Fight, oh, fight, yeah, fight. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go UC system! Woo! Yes, public schools. Shout public out. schools. Um, but she walks in, and she's also wearing this, like, skirt pantsuit. Mm-hmm. And Claire's in red, and she's in blue. And I was like, God bless America. <laughs> Land of the pantsuit lesbians. And um, she says, yes, I have such an interest in the architecture of your house and its design. and." It's very historic, and it had to be rebuilt after the last, like, 1906 earthquake. It's a long time ago. Uh, For those of you who don't know, 1906 was a long time ago. (laughs) And and then she says, yes, I'm especially interested that mythology says there was a spiritual nexus at that house's site. Mm -hmm. And Prue's like, okay, that, well, that's great. I'm going to... Get Piper to cook some good dinner so my boss will stop riding my dick. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, spiritual nexus. Hoo-ha-ha. Just keep that uh, in your little dictionary of words to remember for later on. Yeah. As we go to the wine store, we visit the second sister, Piper. Um, She is stressed out. She's a very stressed out person. (laughs) Especially in this episode. Yeah. Um, so she's like on the phone because Prue is telling her that there's a plus one now, blah, blah, blah. Piper's like, no, I had it perfectly planned for this amount of people. Okay, it's fine. Whatever. I'll do it. Uh, and she's looking for wine for her cocaban. And as she reaches for it, somebody else grabs it, which is quite infuriating for Piper. Yes. Another chiseled man. Yes. So the she guy. throwing him at her. <laughs> the guy who grabs it is like, oh, I have to get this wine because my boss says that this is what we need. And I went to three stores already. And Piper's like, oh, <laughs> she like freezes him, thinks about like stealing it from him, blah, blah, blah. And then she's just like, fine, you can have it. Storms Something, away. Two things I loved about this scene. Yeah. 
first thing? Cocavan. Cocavan. Um, it's French, I think. I don't know. It but it just, it always, whenever I hear Cocavan, it reminds me of this one, one scene in Grey's Anatomy in which Callie gets really upset that two people have been like forming a friendship over cooking and not giving her any time to be to herself oh. and to be with her wife. And she goes, enough, enough about you and your cocaman. <laughs> and it just is stuck in my head forever. So to me, cocaman is the perfect phrase to be upset with. Mm-hmm. And Piper does it <laughs> admirably. <laughs> it just becomes like one of your curse words. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like one. Oh, maybe that's insensitive. No, it's not. It just, everyone knows that I'm stupid and don't know French. <laughs> so that's my curse word. Um, anyway, that, and then the other thing is that right before Piper freezes him, mm-hmm. she says, uh, while she's arguing to get the wine, he yeah. says something. And then he sa- she says, well, I grew up with two sisters, so I learned how to do this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I love that because I feel like so much of the time a female character will display some sort of like, masculine trait or something like that some sort of like surprise power whatever yeah and the male protagonist or some male characters are like whoa where'd you learn to do that and the female protagonist is like well i grew up with brothers oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. that's the trope yeah but now Mm -hmm. piper's like my sisters are witches and so am i (laughs) so i can do this uh yeah i love it it's always like why are you so scrappy oh because i had like seven older brothers i just learned how to be a scrappy person i learned how to fight yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) meanwhile piper i'm neurotic my sisters (laughs) are and we're all witches so i learned how to do this yeah there's nothing funnier than an angry piper i feel oh truly truly um so yes so she is trying to justify freezing him and she's like nope i can't justify it i can't justify freezing him Mm -hmm. and taking the wine so i'm just gonna walk away because it's wouldn't be for it would be for personal gain basically exactly so she just walks away uh in a huff which is also very funny (laughs) yes so we're back at the house and there are crooked pictures especially a crooked photo of gran um and then from the basement Gas man, who is possessed, calls out, Phoebe, help me. Help me, I'm yeah. fallen and I can't get up. Oh, my life alert is not working. Ah, and you're the only one who can help me. And Phoebe's like, ah, uh, maybe not. And he's like, no, you, only you can help me. Shouldn't I call someone? No, you, you know how to make a splint. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but like, don't trust anyone. Any man down in the basement who's like, only you can help. Ugh. She has the right instincts. Yeah, she even, she even gets a premonition mm-hmm. as she's at the doorway of the of the basement where she like sees not a premonition but like a flashback. flashback. Yeah, yeah. And she sees her grandmother dealing with some kind of thing in the basement, telling her to go back upstairs, like go back to sleep. Which honestly is not a premonition, flashback, or anything magical. It could just be a memory because she's yeah. not seeing anyone else. That's so true. It's strange. Anyway, hmm. it could be because maybe this is such a early time in her life where this kind of memory is very fragmented and like she needs help like magical help to kind of remember that kind of stuff i think you know what the writers would thank you for arguing that (laughs) i still think it's weak um to do it in the same style as like a premonition fair enough because she even gets like that shock she's like "Ah." it's odd but anyway she remembers and so she should just leave but then nope her helpfulness gets the best of her She decides to brave it, 
Protector of the Innocent. Protector of the Innocent. She gets down there, and the handyman's standing up. And she's like, what? I thought you sprained your ankle. And he's like, no, I've just been possessed, and now you shall be possessed too. Amwa ha 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 ha. Yeah. She's, and, she's possessed now. This, so the shadow was the scariest image for you. This is the scariest image for me. Oh. The black smoke, like, going into her body. Going into her body. This is one of my least favorite visual tropes. Mm-hmm. Not because I think it's bad or, like, mm-hmm. ineffective. Because it just, it makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. Is people using magic or, like, imbibing magic like it's Coke. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate the nose thing, too, actually. Just, I don't oh, like that. It's so awful. But it's effective. Yeah. I think of it not just because I don't have the Coke imagery, like, that kind of association in my head. I had the association of, like, when you put um, those... There's like that thing where you, when you mummify somebody, you have to like take their brains out first and you have oh, to put the stirry nose. thing up. Yeah, yeah, and stir up the brain. Mm. I don't know if that's like historically accurate, but that's what I think about. Anything going up the nose like freaks me out for sure. Totally. It also could look like, oh God, it looks like Titicut Follies a little bit. Okay, it's a, it's a Frederick Wiseman documentary in which he goes inside a, uh, uh, an asylum, mm-hmm. uh, like a mental institution and uh there are just some really disturbing images having to do with the nose anyway yeah it's gross it's gross i hate it i think just the fact that coke the mummy thing magic thing the fact that you can get to the brain through the nose canal freaks me the heck out that also freaks me out but i guess that makes sense because it lives inside your skull and your nose is on your face yeah science Yeah. yeah 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 i just wish it wouldn't go up i wish it would go down like you know into your esophagus or like air canals oh, or whatever interesting oh i yeah, yeah yeah i can see that interesting <laughs> anyway awful awful, awful imagery awful. Wait, i don't want to dwell on this any longer okay well we're done then um but anyway so apparently heat rises and evil sinks to the basement <laughs> and um that's metaphysics yeah so Oh, 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 oh. As this is happening, uh, Piper comes through the door with mm-hmm. her bags of groceries and says a wonderful line, it's me, the delivery pachyderm. Yeah, I love how, I think the reason why she's so funny when she's angry, because when she's angry, it's always a like a long-suffering, kind of exasperated anger. And that's the funniest kind. <laughs> Honestly, Piper is long-suffering. Yeah. Like, for sure. Okay, so she has all of her stuff, all of her groceries. She brings it to the kitchen. She sets it down, and the gas man is there. Yeah, before that, what happens? Kid the cat yeets the fuck oh, out of yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and she gets zapped, I think, if she's walking yeah. through the doorway. All so, these things happen. All these things happen that aren't, they don't bode well. Mm-mm. But anyway, she soldiers on. She puts all of her groceries in the kitchen where the gas man is. And she's like, hey, is the gas fixed or whatever? And he's, he's like, like, I'll fix you. But yeah. he doesn't say that, but, like... He launches at her. He attacks her. Uh, this is scary. This yeah. Is, yeah, because this is, like, a thing that could happen in a real-world setting where someone attacks you in your own home. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. A stranger! So she's freaking out. He reaches for a sharp object, and suddenly Phoebe appears from the basement, and Piper's like, help me! And Phoebe, um... Poofs a bat Poofs into a hand. bat into her hand. A bat as in the kind for baseball. Yeah. Phoebe said, fuck men. Yes. And she hit him over the head. Gives him a good wallop. He deserved it. He did. 
Well, um, the handyman didn't, but like the possessed handyman. Possess- did. Yeah, something had to be done to reverse this train of events. Yeah, and uh, Phoebe seems to kind of be herself, despite her power. Yeah, because she's a little shaken. She doesn't know how it happened. Yeah. she admits that. And Piper's like, "Well, oh, we got to figure out how this uh, this happened. Like, that's not your power. That doesn't seem right." Phoebe's like, "Uh, witchcraft later. Call nine one one right now." Yeah, which is smart. Okay, so they call 911, which means that our two favorite detectives, Andy and Daryl, <laughs> appear on the crime scene. Um, and they're talking about the uh, background check on this gas man, and they're like, it doesn't make sense. This doesn't track. Yeah. He was a, he's a family man, has no history of assault, he's a coach for Little League or something. Fine, upstanding citizen. Yeah. Um, and Prue comes in. Yes. And she gets zapped as by well, the doorway yeah. as well. Something's not good. So they're all investigating, and uh, Prue and Piper are trying to interrogate Phoebe because Piper is saying, well, she saved me, and she had this new power. Come on, show her, Prue. And Mm -hmm. Phoebe has gone from surprise to sullen very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she stalks off. She's like, you're just upset, Prue, that you couldn't be the Wonder Woman and save the day, and it was me who had to do it. Yeah, and Prue is like, well, I think you did something. Yeah. She's, I think you used mm-hmm. the Book of Shadows. Yeah, she doesn't trust Mm-mm. that Phoebe's power just appeared, which, I mean, is accurate. Which is true, yeah. But it wasn't Phoebe who incurred that new power. On, like, she hadn't gone out to seek it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so she, she stalks off. She walks past the portraits that are in the hallway, and Graham's portrait is upside down, <laughs> which is very scary imagery as well. There's a lot of, like, references to demonology in this episode. Mm. Like, from the perspective of uh, Satan worshipping or just kind of that kind of stuff. Like, the upside-down photos of sacred people, I guess. The oh, yeah. pentagram imagery, that kind of stuff. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good imagery in this one, actually. A lot of, like, horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some nice handheld camera work. There's some nice yeah. Dutch angle work. The yeah. shadow stuff with Hitchcock, mm-hmm. um, the magic, like everything. It's, yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. So I like, I like this haunted house. I loved it so much. I, loved I love all this, everyone like... in this haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, and I love that Alyssa Milano is so much better at playing bratty than Holly Marie Combs. Oh, my God. Like, she's she, so good at yeah, it. Yeah, she's, Yeah. I think that when you contrast this with the following episode that we're going to talk about next, where there's also like a more sullen kind of sulky side of Prue. Anyway, I was just thinking about the two ways that these characters embody that side of themselves. And I really think that uh, the Phoebe side is so pronounced. It's, oh, it's so pronounced. It's so much fun. I love it. Um, Anyway, so Phoebe goes down to the basement mm-hmm. and she poofs a nail file into <laughs> her hands which is so silly yeah um and she has an evil little grin and her shadow now the shadow on the wall is of her yeah and i found it it was so funny to go from that alfred hitchcock shadow to this phoebe shadow with the flippy little hair <laughs> at the end that you can yeah. still see in the the silhouette yeah um but anyway the shadow says you gotta kill them, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Don't make me do it." Wait, no. Yeah. Um, wah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. So you can tell she's still fighting it. She's still in there, somewhere. Somewhere. 
So then we go to the next scene. I guess it's the evening time. And now Phoebe is evil. (laughs) And you can tell because she's painting her nails. (laughs) And instead of painting her nails manually, she magics them into a different color. Oh, yeah. Um, This I want to talk about just very briefly. Sure. There is a movie called Showgirls. It was directed by Paul Verhoeven. And it was famously a huge flop. Okay. And um, it starred Elizabeth Berkley, I think is her name. Uh, from Saved by the Bell. But it's this ridiculous movie about Nomi Malone, who travels to Vegas to become a showgirl, which is going to be the most glamorous thing, and it's full of drugs and sex and just ridiculous stuff, and Kyle MacLachlan in a pool. And uh, Anyway, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but one of the only things that the women talk to each other about are nails Mm, okay nails are so important they're like a signal to each other and um this is something that was pointed out on this documentary called you don't know me Uh which was kind of looking at the cult and the camp of showgirls of this ridiculous movie Uh and so now i'm noticing whenever movies and television especially written by men Focus on female characters focusing on their nails. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting thing to me. Like, yeah. the most petty and evil thing yeah. that Phoebe can use her new powers for, yeah. a nail file, changing her nails. Yeah. She's vain. She's focused on her appearance. Yeah. And that's what they're going to think of her being able to do with this new and evil power. Huh. I that's I love that you bring that up because it's something that I hadn't thought about before how female evil is often symbolized with nails just because like that is a sign of vanity which people think that female evil characters are obsessed with and also when you think of um cat fights like it's always the nails yeah scratching yeah scratching nails are a weapon mm-hmm. and they're also something that show a lower level of class mm-hmm. in in some ways, which is tied up in a lot of like very racist stereotypes and sexist stereotypes. So just very, just a very interesting thing that I had never thought about. Yeah, before. me too. I love that you brought that up. Thanks, man. It was all the documentary <laughs> um, and me processing things visually. I think a lot of what we do here is curate information from our own lives and put it together in a new in a new setting, which is still helpful and still fun to do and talk about definitely like i've rhinestoned this nice little box of all the kind of useless info i have but now since it's in the rhinestone box and i'm presenting it to you it's curated (laughs) the rhinestone box is your brain oh absolutely um so yes so phoebe is up there changing her nails like aquamarine Mm -hmm. um and the electricity downstairs is going haywire yes and the water is all off and it must have been the earthquake um and we go to the kitchen where piper is hard at work uh and prue comes in and she's like ah did you do something with the water because it's all really hot all of a sudden just there's just so many things happening in the house the pipes are off the electricity like there's a lot of wiring wiring glitches um and so these two sisters are in the kitchen just like talking about like their stresses and all of a sudden they hear a doorbell because the guests are here an hour earlier than they thought they were going to be because the times on all the clocks were off the electricity no that's why you only use analog (laughs) just in case of an earthquake also a woogie man 
Um, so yes, yeah, so they're freaking out, and Phoebe comes in, and um, the notes I have are, I'm gay, Phoebe's evil, and I'm gay. Um, <laughs> very coherent thoughts at that moment. <laughs> yeah, she's always been the most sexualized of the characters, but in her evil phase, she's ultra hypersexualized. Yeah. Hypersexualized, and let's talk about that for a second. So. As many of you are probably already aware, there is a lot of linking of female sexuality with villainy Mm -hmm. uh, in a film canon and also in television, just in in these visual mediums. Mm -hmm. Um, Sexuality is something that female villains use to manipulate, Mm -hmm. to control primarily the men. But also, when it comes to coding, a lot of female villains are coded as queer or omnisexual Mm -hmm. they don't care whoever it is that they're going to be talking to and like using their wiles on as long as it's someone that they can get something out of which i think is a really interesting thing that also happens with phoebe in this episode when she's talking to the professor there are these very like heavy tones of seduction Mm -hmm. of distrust of Uh, manipulation going on and it's all done in a hypersexualized manner so she's she's got on her eyeliner <laughs> her heavier makeup than usual she's showing her cleavage and she's talking in a lower tone than usual and all of these things through a film canon especially have been linked together to form this like inextricability of Female hypersexuality, female queerness, and villainy. Mm-hmm. And uh, this episode falls right into that. Oh, that was great. That was a really good primer as well. I feel like you tied together a lot of thoughts. Thank you. Thank I, you. As you were speaking, I was also thinking about how this really relates to the political climate that we are in nowadays because there's this idea that women use sex as a weapon, which is like related to this other idea that women. Um, it's their fault, I guess, if they get pregnant or if they get, like, it's never the man's fault if something happens adversely because of sex, like if a sexual disease is transmitted or if they get pregnant or blah, 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 whatever, what have you. Um, It's because apparently sex is something that she should have controlled or that she's, like, the most responsible for. Yeah, there's a very odd um, dissonance Mm -hmm. when it comes to talking about agency and about bodily autonomy. So it is, in almost all cases, a woman, and of course this is true of many people who are not assigned female at birth, but looking at the stereotype of a woman is not in charge of most things. Mm -hmm. She should not be. She's not capable of making these decisions. However, when it comes to sex and sexuality, a woman has to be in charge of every single consequence. Yeah. Even if something is done to her, she has to be in charge of making sure something bad doesn't come out of it. That's exactly it. I feel as if in a lot of societies, there's such an emphasis on this morality around sex, like don't get married, don't get have sex until you're married, blah, 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 like don't prostitute, all that kind of stuff. And... I think a lot of that fear is translated into fear of women having control through sex, which is maybe a jump, 
but like we should punish women if they do sex if they do sex <laughs> if they do sex <laughs> yeah because i'm trying to not be evil and they're making me be evil by like having this sexual nature oh absolutely i don't think that's a jump at all i think that is something that is most notoriously translated through biblical terms yes that's what i was thinking of <sighs> adam and eve mm-hmm. that's to which it. i say the bible says adam and eve not adam or eve so everyone should be bisexual <laughs> it's canon now it's canon now yeah so um anyway phoebe mm-hmm. is engaging in so many of these tropes just in an outfit change mm-hmm. and in a change of a tone of voice and it's crazy that these things i shouldn't say crazy it is outstanding to me that just from a wardrobe change like not a really extreme one either and from a makeup change and from lowering the voice into Mm -hmm. something more seductive we can associate all of those things with phoebe has turned evil yeah there is something in her body language though as well and the way that she moves through a room and they're doing like scary sound effects as well whenever she's like around people so mm-hmm. i think there's like a whole host of things like factors creating this evil oh, imagery totally. in her mind as well there's there's definitely a whole like ambiance yeah. going on they're creating yeah the sound mixing is really fun mm-hmm. there's an atmosphere that's being created there are different shots that are being used like we already talked about to move into this horror genre um but i think both a smart and an upsetting thing is that you can lose a lot of exposition just by making these changes to a woman's appearance yes yeah no no and if i think about the next episode with prue as well the second i saw the prue that was supposed to be the more sultry sulky one I immediately knew who she was supposed to be, like what her stereotype was representing. No spoilers. No, I'm sorry. Right. That's okay. We it, Prue is in the next episode. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, exactly right. And let's talk about it next episode. Yes. Too. Sorry. Okay. So anyway. Oh boy. Um. Uh. So the guys are here. Wine guy's here. The guy from the wine store. Apparently, he was the plus one, and the reason why he took the wine that Piper wanted was because his boss was the professor who was visiting and is interested in the architectural history of the house. Yeah, and the dude is, like, angular, I guess. He's no Leo, I will say that. Oh, he's no Leo. No, no. He also has that weird 90s hair that's kind of like... Everybody has bad hair in this episode. <laughs> it's, not, it's not ideal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Piper's cute and you don't deserve her. Right. But the reason why he is important in this one scene is because later on, Piper is, like, worried that she's being sabotaged because all the food stuff is going wrong and phoebe comes into the room and she has a knife and she starts advancing on piper yeah just as she's about to do the stabby stabby then the wine guy comes in and is like hey what's going on yeah that's skipping a little bit is it a bit okay but that's okay they welcome the people into the home um and phoebe's like i'll help you i'll bring out the duck medallions oh yeah and piper's like okay i guess we're late sure so instead of duck medallions, Phoebe uses her newfound power and releases an actual duck, which is <laughs> so silly. Here's my business card. Come see my magic show next week. Yeah, and Pipe, uh, not Piper, uh, Prue is like, ah, ha, 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 that's my sister to my boss and her important client. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, 
So Phoebe's evil translates into magic tricks and sarcasm, which is also gay. <laughs> um, Shannon Doherty is not evil in this episode, but she looks great, and I'm gay. <laughs> Just Moving in case on. you weren't, you didn't remember. Yeah. So they're talking about the spiritual nexus. Still, the professor is like, yes, yes. Here is the thing. Spiritual nexus means that gobbledygook, gobbledygook, no source. And that your house is at the very center of the convergence of five spiritual elements. Yes. It's equidistant from all of them. And a spiritual nexus is also a place of great power. And then, a, and then in a good use of wordplay, at that moment, some of the electricity fails them. And then Piper, or not Piper, proves like, ah, a place of great power failure. Ah, beautiful. I love it. Good dad pun. Um, and so she has to go take care of many things. And Phoebe is like, don't worry, I'll take care of the professor. Yeah. No worries. Okay. She says it in a way that 100%, I'm like, the subtext was, don't worry, I'll have sex with her. Yeah. It was a very seduction, like, laden tone of voice. Exactly. Exactly. With the pantsuit lesbian. So, like, I'm just saying, queer villainy. I think, I don't remember seeing most of the other guests actually in this episode, but the two main guests were the boss of Buckland and also this professor lady, two powerful women. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, all right. So Piper's having a tantrum back in the kitchen. Yeah. Two powerful women who look like Republicans. Anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, they are white ladies with pantsuits. Um, yeah. So, yes. Piper's on the floor. <laughs> She's having a rough time. I understand, though. She's pro- like, a dinner party's so stressful. Yeah. Poor Piper. Poor Piper. Um, and pachyderms. Um, I believe this is when Prue comes in to check in on her. And they're, like, talking about how everything's going wrong. They think they have to end, a, end the thinner... The thinner party. The thinner party. End the dinner party uh, early. Yeah, and Claire is also being really disrespectful and, like, awful to Prue. Yeah. She says some rough stuff, and all I can think was a Rocky Horror callback, which uh, Claire says a cutting remark, and then the callback is... Oh, shit, what a bitch. Quick magenta, <laughs> flip the switch. Which they do, the power. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. Anyway, so she's, she's uh, being mean to Prue because the dinner party's not going well. Mm-hmm. She's being very Devil Wears Prada. Exactly. And meanwhile, uh, Phoebe leads the professor into the basement. <sighs> and we don't see it, but we assume because the professor then comes out later and has transformed into another evil person. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way you can tell is because she walks much straighter. Her posture is better. She's at a monotone. She but only also blinks dips lower. very she, little. Yeah, doesn't blink very much. She's clenching her fists and she's thinking, murder. Wow. I love how you just like uh, did an anatomy of all of that. Thank it's a good you. acting exercise as well. It is. Just think murder, you know, like when you're walking into the scene. And then we'll see what happens. Perchance, you too could be a queer villain. Uh, okay, so... So there... What happens? So uh, Piper says, you know what? Let's just get everybody out of the house because something's really going wrong. We're going to shut it down. Mm-hmm. You all have a table reserved at Quake. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you will. So they all shepherd each other out and they look to go get Phoebe. 
Meanwhile, Phoebe is standing in the doorway at a Dutch angle. Oh, yeah. Um, horror movie, horror movie. Mm-hmm. And she gives us her best mommy dearest. And she goes, you don't live here anymore. <laughs> um, although there is some trepidation on her face and some turmoil. Yeah. and yeah. Something's going on. She's fighting. She's, she's like, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. She's not strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and Prue goes to meet her, but gets shocked from the doorway and flung yeah. back to the lawn. Yeah. Shocked is, I feel like, not a word that fully captures what happens. Electrocuted. Yes, that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. And she gets flung backwards into the lawn. Uh, and then the same thing happens. Wait, no. The same thing doesn't happen. But uh, Piper runs to Prue and is like, oh, no, like, uh, are you okay? And uh, they look up, and the door's shut on them. Yeah, and they can't get in. Okay, commercial break. And then next day, okay, this was kind of messy. They're just sitting out there all night. Oh, yeah. So now it's morning time, and they're, like, on each other, leaning on each other's shoulders because apparently they just spent the night on the lawn. And they didn't go to Quake? Yeah, they also have friends, I'm assuming, and money still. (laughs) They could have gone anywhere. Trudeau? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when I wake up after a night, I want to use the bathroom, and they were perfectly fine. I just, I feel like there's... great. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it was one of those things of of telling not showing that don't really like and uh so then piper throws a brick at the window but it gets bounced off by Mm -hmm. the shocks so um i would like to formally announce the discovery i've made which is that piper threw the first brick at stonewall (laughs) that seems to check out to me happy pride um, meanwhile, on the inside of the house, Phoebe's going around just ruining everything. Like, yeah. things are just falling to pieces around her. She sets Graham's photo on fire, um, and then she calls for pizza, which is, Evil know. pizza <laughs> delivery! <laughs> you can tell I'm evil because I order pizza a large just for myself. <laughs> um, and she says, I don't care what is on the pizza, just make sure somebody delivers it. So she's going to eat the delivery person. Yep. Not the pizza. Nope. Well, no, she's just going to turn them evil. Yeah. And send it to 1329 Prescott. So I guess that's where they live. Uh, Meanwhile, Piper and Prue decide to go to the university where the professor had been because they don't have the spirit book, but they need to get more information about what this evil is. UC Berkeley, fight, fight, fight. (laughs) So they go to meet up with the professor because she seems to have a lot of background knowledge in the mythology of this house, but she's being arrested. Because apparently she tried to strangle the wine guy. Again, a lot of telling, not showing. Yeah, a lot of things happen. A lot of exposition. Um, jo- uh, the, so we learn the wine guy's name is Josh, and he just lets them browse the office while he goes and sees to the professor, because uh, they're going to go book her, I guess. Yep. Which is weird. <laughs> um, so they enter this professor's office and just snoop around for a while. They get a map, uh, and then they decide that they're going to map out the five elements, the five basal elements that are equidistant, equidistant from their house. This is a lot of baloney. I'm saying this is baloney right here. <laughs> it's kind of fun, though. It feels very, like, um, detective-y and, I don't know. Yeah, it was... Treasure mappy. Definitely detective-y, and that's fun, and X-Files and all. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just have one question. Yes. Why would you connect the points to one another Instead of connecting to the, the, them center. To the center, 
You, how else are they supposed to find out that there's a pentagram I that their house is built didn't on? Make any sense? It didn't yeah. Make the only explanation is that they didn't want to draw the most direct lines, the most straight lines, because mm-hmm. they're gay. That's <laughs> all I got. It works. We'll just make it work. Theory proved. Um, so yeah, so they discover that they live on top of a pentagram. Uh, so or it's the not, center of a pentagram. Yes. So it's not just a spiritual, but a wicked nexus, a battleground for good and evil. And I would also like to shout out the line for them figuring out like where metal is one of the elements. Yeah. And um, Prue goes, uh, we went panning for gold in a fourth grade field trip. Where was that? I grew up in Northern California, yeah. and we also did that <laughs> as oh. a fourth grade field trip. <laughs> That's really cute. We did not do that as a SoCal pe- person, but we did go to uh, one of the different amusement parks that were nearby. And they had like this weird frontier land portion of it where we could pan for gold. Was it uh, Magic King Discovery Kingdom or something? No, it was Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, not, oh no, don't know that one. Um, anyway, so... Yes. So they've this detected. It's a pentagram. Uh, yep, it's a pentagram. Okay, uh, and then they also say a lot of fun stuff like oh, Twin Peaks. That represents uh, Earth. It's the highest point it's in the, the city. It's the highest point, or like air or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's the highest point. And I was like Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, another Kyle McLaughlin reference. Yeah, in, in the same this episode. Episode. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So next we have Andy and Daryl. They're hitting up the manor. Um, Why does it feel like we live here, says Daryl. Yeah. Daryl's one actor note every single episode is just to have a suspicious attitude with a kind of like a snarky personality. And I believe him. Yeah. Good actor. So they go to visit the manor, but across the street there's a fight breaking out between two neighbors. Uh, So Daryl goes to handle that, and Andy goes to the door of the Halibut Manor to see about that business. And now Phoebe has more eyeshadow and red lipstick. Oh, yes. She's even more evil. Um, She invites Andy in. Yeah, oh, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. (laughs) And she checks out his ass as he walks in. Um, Meanwhile, Prune Piper are coming back from the university, and they see that Andy's about to leave. So they do some quick thinking and they freeze that moment in time uh, because the house has let its guard down and it's letting Andy exit the premises, which means that they can sneak in as he's exiting. And Andy has been, he got got. He got evil-fied. He got evil-fied because while Daryl is still trying to break up this fight, Andy goes and almost shoots Daryl. I hated this. Yeah, Daryl's like, help me. And Andy just whips out the pistol and I'm like, oh. Uh, I know. It felt extremely uncomfortable, too, because Daryl is a black man. He's a, a black character. Mm-hmm. Andy is a white cop. Mm-hmm. Even though Daryl is a cop, this imagery was extremely yeah. disturbing and, like, reminiscent of so many... Well, I mean, police brutality has been something mm-hmm. that has been going on for years and years and years, mm-hmm. but something that especially in the last 10 years has gained more news traction and imagery. And that's something that just like sticks with you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because especially the past whole season, we think of Andy as this good guy. He's mm-hmm. a cop and he's their friend and he's helping them solve crimes and all of that. And then when he whips out his gun to shoot somebody that we care about, we have this startling realization that he also possesses power that can be used 
in a way that's not good. Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. Yet again, I say the only cop I can trust is Olivia Benson. Fair enough. Um, so, anyway, Daryl uh, thankfully disarms him. Mm-hmm. And Andy just kind of stares up at him and is like, what's going on? Yeah. I've been possessed. Yeah. There's just so many, like, um, loose ends after this episode. Like, all these people did all these things and while they were possessed. And I feel like they just don't get resolved. No consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But meanwhile, uh, Prue and Piper had just snuck into the house and they had done it by freezing time. But also they realized as they were sneaking in that they had frozen Phoebe. So that means that she might not be good anymore. She's not a good witch. Yeah. Something's up. You can't Something use your powers on good witches. Up. So, um, let's see. They run up to the attic to look at the book of uh, spirits. Yeah, after they find out that book they are trapped in there, I think. E- or is that later? I think that comes after. So first they go to oh, the yeah. attic. Yeah, first they go to the attic and they're trying to figure it out. And they remember that Graham's told them... Um, Book of Shadows. Sorry. <laughs> I said spirits and then spells, and now I remember it's shadows. Book, book of stuff. Book of Snakes. <laughs> City of Snakes. Ooh, haven't brought that one back for a while. Huh. Book of Snakes. <laughs> um, so, yes, they can't find anything in the Book of Shadows mm-hmm. because it was just a rhyme and a story that Graham's told them about... The Woogie Man. Yeah. Keeping it away. So it's real. The childhood story was a spell. Yeah. And so they are uh, trying to figure something out. And then Piper opens the door and there's Phoebe. And Phoebe yanks her out. And and Piper does a little (laughs) and shuts the door. And now it's only Prue and Phoebe facing off. And Phoebe has the machete. Yeah. She poofs one into her hand. And I'm like, that's super scary. That is a large weapon. It's a large weapon. I just the thought of being stuck in an attic with someone with a large machete is a very terrifying thought. They're hitting everything. Yeah. Texas chainsaw, like Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. I see that now. Okay. So she goes to attack um Prue and Prue's like, No, I know you're still in there. Like, you're still Phoebe. You can fight this. And Phoebe's like, I can't. I, that's why they that's why the demon possessed me, because I wasn't strong enough. Yeah, and Prue doesn't want to use her powers against Phoebe. You can see that hesitation, but yeah. she does Yeah, eventually. So she knocks Phoebe out, pretty much, mm-hmm. and then opens the door and runs to Piper and is like, go, 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 get out of here. Mm-hmm. There's no reasoning with her. So they run downstairs, and they're trying to leave the house, but the house shocks them, or electrocutes them, and they fly back away from the door, back onto the uh, um, ground of their foyer. They're trapped in the murder house. American Horror Story. That's what it is. It's American Horror oh Story. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> the summarization of what just happened, they were like, we're locked in the house with a sister who wants to kill us. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's terrible. That's, a di- that's like a, definitely a scary story that I, that's like in urban legends where people are like, the phone call was traced to your house, blah, blah, blah. Get out now. Yeah. Um, and a recent update of that would be... Um, Unfriended. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. Don't watch it. Don't okay. watch Unfriended. Okay. But anyway, lots, uh, lots of horror. Okay. So um, they're trying to brainstorm what they're going to do because they can't really remember how the spell goes. Um, something about light. Find a shadow. Something, something metaphysics. Yes. It was, kind of, a, <laughs> it was kind of a rhyme. Rams was in it. <laughs> so they 
don't really figure anything out, but they're going down to the basement anyway. Uh-huh. And they have a flashlight, and they're like, we're going to use a flashlight as our light. Oh, because Phoebe calls them. Oh, that's right. Phoebe says, help, help. And they're like, it's a trap. And Prue says, well, what are we supposed to do? And Piper, ever the voice of reason, says, maybe don't yeah. go down there. Yeah. Every time she does something like that where she's like, I vote we just leave, I, I always feel so connected. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but they decide they will go down. Because also Phoebe's the one, who, they, they know for a fact that Phoebe has the story memorized by heart. Mm-hmm. So if anyone could know the spell, it would be her. So they think they can get it out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, in, or uh, kind of trigger her into remembering it. Yes. So they go down to the basement. Um, and instead of Phoebe, there's a giant shadow monster. And Phoebe's at the top of the stairs. And um, they shut the door on Phoebe. Because one evil at a time. Mm-hmm. And they, they try to use their powers on the shadow monster. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. And then Phoebe opens the door. Mm-hmm. She's, and she's standing up there with a now a little knife. <laughs> and all I could think was the vine in which there's a little kid running. Yeah. And a mom goes, what do you have there? And the kid goes, <laughs> a, a knife! knife! And the mom goes, no! <laughs> Yeah, and just before the video cuts off, I always hear that person in the background who's like, how did he get a nut? <laughs> so that's what, Phoebe's the little kid with the knife. Yeah, that's right pretty now. funny. Um, and also an evil queer villain. She can be both. She can be all. She contains multitudes. Indeed. Um, so they're trying to appeal to Phoebe. They're like, hey, we know you're in there. The good's still in you. You need to help us stop this demon by remembering the childhood story. And she's like, fat chance. And then she strategically places her hand on a photo of her and Grams. She just coincidentally does that, I guess. And then she gets the flashback again to Grams fighting the monster. And that triggers her into saying the spell, Mm -hmm. saying the rhyme. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of fun sound design going on. Whirly lights. whirly, Whirly lights and a lot of reverse footage happening of all the disrepair that has been done to the house by this possession and so everything is fixed and the shadow monster um breaks away is broken away by the light that phoebe is conjuring and it goes back into the crack the crack seals up and phoebe is left exhausted and comforted by her sisters yes poor phoebe poor phoebe yeah because the final scenes that we have um well, one of them I think is unimportant. It's when Piper goes and visits the uh, professor's assistant, TA. I don't know what yeah, he is. who has now been promoted to head the class because she, the professor, had a possession. She had a mental break. Yeah, so she's, like, on suspension. Um, anyway, they just, like, connect, I guess, over something. Yeah, and he gives her wine again. Oh, yeah. The same wine, and she's like, oh, that's actually very nice. And he goes... Don't be so surprised. And I'm like, you ruined it. <laughs> I am surprised. I am surprised because you're a man. Doing um, something but I don't want to talk about that scene. The f- ending scenes that I want to talk about are the ones where they're, talk- where, um, they're cleaning up the attic. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe's talking about her fears about how that experience that she just had was very traumatic for her because she didn't know she had an evil side. And now it was revealed yeah. that she had one and it was a very scary one. It unsettled her. Yeah, For exactly. sure. Her notions of who she was. And she was upset because out of the three of them, the monster chose her to possess, mm-hmm. found her, and she thinks that means that she's the weakest, mm-hmm. that it could take advantage of her like that, um, which is a very real 
fear and yeah and newfound anxiety yeah i suppose or more like a newly solidified yeah. anxiety um that's something from your past yeah that has haunted you for so long is actually real and that fear is a flaw yeah and i think it's something that is mirrored in her mortal life where she feels like her sisters are these two successful women and they always know what's going on blah 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 and she's kind of the black sheep of the family absolutely so now phoebe has never before had doubts about being a good witch but she does now especially because she was born in the house in the spiritual nexus and that symbolizes that she has the capacity Mm -hmm. to be good or to be evil with her power which is like um I think it's it's something that I love the idea of someone grappling with the fact that they don't know for certain what their future is. Like they don't. It's just a, the 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 idea that they weren't meant for one thing, but they could have been meant for two different prophecies or whatever. Never trust a prophecy because they're never actually complete. Fair. That's a good thing to say. Yeah. Um. I did. I really liked this ending because they then decide that they're going to write down this spell in the Book of Shadows, and it's going to be the first time that their generation is adding to the Book of Shadows. Yeah, that was a really heartwarming ending. Yeah, all of them, the three of them by the Book of Shadows, creating something together through the power of their sisterhood, Mm -hmm. the power of their experience, and also Phoebe turns her terrible experience into something that could help another person in the future. Yeah. Which is not what you have to do with trauma. No. Your trauma is your own and you process it how you need to. But it was good that I thought, I thought the ending was positive in a few ways in that it opened up a new kind of ambiguity within Phoebe as a character. And it also allowed her to feel as though she was contributing something. Yeah to the power of three yeah that's a really good way of putting it yeah it, it gives her a lot of i think what you said i think what you were trying to allude to was like a sense of empowerment over she does have control over her future and what she how she impacts this world yeah she has at least an aspect she can yes concretely say she's putting something good into yeah. the world yeah yeah uh that's what we hope for yeah and that's the end of the episode. Yes, we've done it yet again. And we have to do another one after this. So let's oh, wrap gosh. up. <laughs> okay. Well, any thoughts? Any Jeremy's? Did we have a villain death? You the just kind of get sucked back, back in. in. I would actually give it a 3.5 Jeremy's. Okay. Because I loved the sound mixing. Oh, okay. I really liked that. And I liked how it affected the entire house. Yeah. Like all, all the disrepair. It was like an interior oh, design yeah, spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everything kind of going back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they put a lot of thought into creating that. Yeah. It's so hard to create a feeling. And that's what they were working on. And it was good. I agree with you. That's fun. I think I will have to rate it less just because I hadn't thought about that as all part of the death. I was just like, oh, they're sucking this gas back into the ground. That's cool. So Reverse fracking. <laughs> it was a two for me, I guess. Just because of that. Yeah, I feel. The death itself. Unremarkable. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Kind of hard to do when the evil is nebulous. True. And only takes shape when it possesses someone. Um, anyhow, 
I think it's okay to acknowledge the evil in yourself and to acknowledge that when you see evil projected onto somebody else, you may be attracted to that because it's something that has been conveyed to you over the years as a way that a woman is harnessing her power. Yeah, that's a really good way of saying it. Sometimes evil is shown as, like, finally control over one's life and one's own agency. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to look past whatever moral dictates you've internalized and try to deconstruct your feelings rather than blindly thinking you are one way or another way and that's never going to change or hasn't already been affected by outside sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. I'm happy with that. You can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. Um, you can also email us charmedspellcast at gmail.com. I saw that we got a new review. Woo. Woo. Thank you so much for reviewing, for rating, for subscribing. I am Shayna. You can find me at Bernadette Teeters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm Bryce. You can find me at your best Bryce uh, on Instagram or at finished foodstagram, also on Instagram. And I hope you all have a nice day. Okay, we're gonna go record another one of these. Bye. Okay, bye. Stars are creeping behind clouds. And the nightmares get too loud Time to tear out of my skin Time to feed the dark that never pulls me in I'm all grown up, I'm not a child Now I look a woman who can drive you wild No one believes me when I say The monster in the darkness made me this way
hell will welcome you, find you a new home, amongst the children gone astray, who let the monsters dictate what they say, is it me you're looking You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.